0: Can you fix your marriage without dredging up the past? That is a great question. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just leave all the past behind, turn over a new leaf and start afresh.
1: The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to OYF.support. Once again, that website is OYF.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundell from Only You Forever.
0: Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a disappointing episode for you this week. Sorry about that. This is episode number 138, and today we're going to be lowering you down as gently as possible. But hey, we're all about telling you the truth, because even when it hurts, at least you know what you're dealing with, right? Ain't
2: that the truth. Before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we asked the question, how much PDA is okay? We'd love you to experience more and more affection in your marriage, so make sure you check that one out. And also be sure to hit the subscribe button so we can keep helping you create a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime.
0: Indeed. Let's get to this question, Verlinda. Can you fix your marriage without dredging up the past? So this question comes from one of our patrons. Mm -hmm. So thank you for your patronage and your question. It turns out that it's not a simple yes or no answer. For those of you that are new listeners, we speak... To marriage issues out of a Christian worldview, but what makes our podcast so unique is that there's a ton of research that goes into psychological journals and that becomes part of our content. So when we come to a question like this, we aim to give you a very balanced, reliable recommendation that's going to truly help you move forward in your marriage, mm-hmm. because that is our goal to help you create thriving, passionate marriages. And we realize that most of you who are listening today are doing so because you don't have that, but you want it. And we want to help you get there. Mm-hmm. So a good starting question is, can you have a happy marriage while leaving past arguments or differences unresolved? And it turns out that unresolved conflict does not appear to impact the duration of your marriage, but it is negatively correlated to relationship satisfaction. What this means is that as the amount of unresolved conflict increases, you're probably going to become less satisfied with your marriage.
2: That makes sense to me. It
0: does make sense, right? Yeah. Now, what's interesting though, is that this researcher then factored conflict out of the equation. You can do this with multi, I think it's called multifactorial analysis. And when the amount of conflict or the frequency of arguments was removed from the equation, the satisfaction still went down. So we took the amount of conflict out mm -hmm. and he left unresolved in.
2: So an unresolved issue is more the problem than the amount of arguments you have. Right. Huh.
0: But the researcher did have something to conclude about conflict styles. The more the unresolved conflict, the more negative conflict styles were present. So okay. the more unresolved conflict's present, mm-hmm. the more you can have people misbehaving, if I can put it that okay. way.
2: Not dealing with their conflict
0: no, properly no. in any yes. way. Yes, it's more about the how okay. of what they're doing. And And that makes sense, right? So he looked at, he saw that there was more things like withdrawal during arguments. There was more escalating small issues into arguments, those sorts of things. And that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Not, not dealing with stuff causes a buildup of pressure. Everybody knows that, right? Yeah. So the evidence says that resolving conflict is better than leaving it unresolved. And I think Most of us know that on an intuitive level, like we have to deal with things that just aren't going away. Yeah. But there's also some research indicating that avoiding conflict, and this is where I was trying to be fair here and not just bias it one way or the other, but there's some research that says avoiding conflict and even leaving things unresolved may be a good idea if your conflict style is negative or volatile. So if you really don't have any good way of resolving issues, like if you don't have good conflict resolution skills, Mm -hmm. then you may just need to operate from a contain the fallout kind of approach. Okay. And in that case, leaving things unresolved may be the lesser of two evils. So they're better off left unresolved than trying to resolve them and not being able to do so. Okay. And, you know, that's fine for the research to point out, but I would still contend that if this is your situation, why don't you consider learning those skills? See if you can mm. get a good book or some books or get some counseling. Like do something to help you guys learn how to resolve conflict. Mm-hmm. Because I can't see this working out well in the long term.
2: I actually heard there's some really good podcasts about this.
0: Oh you know, really? Conflict <laughs> Indeed. We had a few episodes on conflict. We the did. Start. How so, to fight. How to Yes. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So let me just say again, Verlinda, that I'm assuming that we're not talking about an abusive marriage here emotionally or physically abusive, Right. right? So that's, this is just standard couples conflict, right? So there's that. Now, it turns out that in marriage, there's three ways to avoid conflict because this is what it's coming back to, right? There's three avoidance strategies that we probably all use at some point or another, and they can actually be helpful, but they can also be unhelpful. And that's where we're, you know, it gets tricky answering this question. Can you fix your marriage without going back into the past, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So the first way to avoid conflict is to withhold complaints. That's simply not mentioning it when your partner does something that you find aggravating. And this uh, apparently works best for minor grievances and when used to avoid raising minor day-to-day issues. In that context, it was positively correlated to relationship satisfaction. Really? Because I
2: thought like when you bottle up all the little stuff, like kaboom.
0: Okay, but this is more like letting it go. Oh, okay. It's more like I love you so much I can tolerate that. Like whatever, it's not worth it. Mm. She can have an off day or he can have a...
2: Or like leaving the toilet seat up. Like it really doesn't matter.
0: Could be something, yeah. But here's the thing is the offending spouse still has no idea they've done something to upset the other spouse. And so the behavior will likely persist. Yeah. So it may work best for things that aren't worth addressing right now, or maybe it's something you feel just happened as a one-off situation. It's like, whatever, I doubt she'll do that again, or I doubt he'll do that again. So I'm not worried about it. Okay. The second uh, way to avoid conflict is to suppress arguments. Now, this is avoiding talking about the past issue or else it's withdrawing once your spouse has initiated the discussion. This can be done by pretending to agree with what your spouse is saying, so as to stop the argument, or you can minimize the importance of the issue that they've raised, or you can just outright avoid or leave the conversation. You can either shut down or walk away.
2: How can this be a positive thing?
0: Well, um, I'm just going to leave right now. <laughs> it's not. I don't think it is. So, but let me work through this.
2: Okay. Okay. I'll just keep listening.
0: So this is a this could be a positive thing if it keeps you away from like an incredibly destructive argument.
2: Okay. Yeah. Right? So, yeah.
0: so uh yeah, personally, like I find this hard to take in the moment because I feel that huge disconnection between you and I. Yeah. So I'd, I'd rather have something on the table, but the researcher noted that minimizing the importance of a past issue and focusing on shared values, which tied them together, that could overwhelm the importance of past conflict. And some happily married couples use this as okay. a strategy. So it's like, what do we have in common that we really love and appreciate? And, overwhelms the importance, the significance of past conflict. So it does appear to work for some couples. Okay. Now, I think there's some times that we do need to declare a truce over an issue and then maybe agree to leave it until we'll feel like we're more equipped to come back to it and talk about it. Yeah. And if used with restraint, then it can be a way to remind yourself about the positive, to get unstuck, to move forward. I just think if you're doing this constantly, though, it becomes the elephant or the herd of elephants in the room and that nobody wants to mention and yeah. again it's there and it's yeah. pressure right so that's another way to avoid conflict suppress the argument wow you're, you're not sold
2: no i'm not but i i can understand that other people might use it and right. it might be a help and, <laughs> do i sound convincing no i'm sorry
0: and then there's also the third one then is declaring a topic taboo okay so this is kind of this is ticking it up a notch from just suppressing arguments okay Declaring a topic taboo happens when you mutually decide not to ever talk about a certain issue for the good of the relationship. So you, you both agree to do this. But explicitly agreeing that you aren't going to talk about an issue is problematic because it means that or it means acknowledging that there is an unresolved issue that you're unable or unwilling to solve. On the other hand, implicitly deciding not to talk about it can be done based on just choosing to disclose your position to your spouse without attempting to persuade them of your point of view. So just so you know, this is where I'm at. You don't have to believe me, but I just want to make it known. Now, what the researchers found is that declaring topics or past issues as taboo was negatively correlated with relationship satisfaction in terms of both the number of taboo subjects and the extent to which they were made explicit. So So if you
2: actually say, we will not talk about this again, the relationship satisfaction is worse.
0: Yeah. Or the more you do that, the lower, the more your relationship satisfaction goes down.
2: Huh. So actually like verbalizing it, making it explicit makes a difference to just... What do you mean? Well, so I just find it surprising that, like, if, if a subject is made explicit, like, do not talk about this, right? it has more of an impact than just, you know, getting the hint
0: that it's taboo. More of an impact in what way? Like,
2: Well, weren't you saying it was, um, they were negatively correlated yeah. with relationship satisfaction? So you're going to have lower, no, the more...
0: But can I just qualify before you keep going, though?
2: Okay, okay.
0: It's based on both the number of taboo subjects and the extent to which they were made explicit. So if you have a large, like as your marriage builds a lar- a longer list of taboo subjects. Yeah. And you guys both know about the list and you both know they can never be talked about, then relationship satisfaction goes down.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Does that makes sense now? Okay. So I think it confirms what you were saying.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: However... Relationship. What's interesting though is there's a balance on this. So relationship commitment moderated this effect to the point where taboo topics did not significantly accept relationship quality and high commitment couples. So if you have a marriage where they're very committed to each other, but they just agree not to talk about certain things because they can't solve them Mm -hmm. and that list doesn't get too long, it might be okay.
2: Okay, okay.
0: So implicit decisions to make, they also noted that implicit decisions to make some subjects taboo were less linked to low marriage satisfaction and were present in some happily married couples. So they just kind of agree even... So what does implicit decision mean? It means it's not explicit, so it's less open yet. So they just
2: both kind of know without maybe actually stating it.
0: They know, you know what, we really can't go there. Hmm. This was present in some happily married couples. Hmm. So, and I think this is good to note though, because we might have some people listening today that have a relatively good marriage and they have a few things they've never been able to solve or figure out or get on the right. same page on. They've just agreed to leave them. And we don't want them thinking that they have to be unhappily married.
2: Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: But I, it, yeah. I think the caution is still there against building this long list of things that we can never talk about.
2: Right. It's better to learn the skills.
0: Yes. On how
2: to talk about them. Yeah. Okay.
0: And that's why I say like some of these kind of work and kind of don't. Right. Remember right. at the start, you yeah. were like, how could any of this be good? Yeah. Now well, that's why. And it could be very nuanced from couple to couple based on the other factors that are in their marriage that are going really well or maybe going not well at all. So there's a higher tolerance or maybe a lower tolerance for some of these things, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you can both live with designating a subject as taboo and loving everything else about being married to each other. It's possible. Okay. Yep. So you may be able to fix your marriage or parts of it without dredging up the past in these kinds of situations. But on the other hand, the research is also showing that this likely isn't going to work for everything in your past. And I'm guessing that the larger the issue, the less likely it is to work out for the benefit of your marriage. Okay. Okay. So, so then the question, like, what about the whole turnover a new leaf thing? Can you just put everything behind you? Can we start over without resolving the past? Personally, I think that this is pretty unlikely to succeed.
2: Yeah, it'd be so much easier though than actually having to talk through it.
0: Yes, I can certainly understand the attraction to it. Yeah. But the reason why I don't think it's likely to succeed is that your relationship is a matrix of like perspectives and behavior, right? Mm -hmm. All these things you act and react towards your spouse, you perceive and interpret and you make meaning of each other's words and actions Mm -hmm. when you're seeing and observing. And these form this matrix defined by your experiences of each other. It's a lens through which we see each other. Right. So you can decide to put all history in the past and close that book, but you still have the matrix. You still have the lens.
2: Of how you view things.
0: Yeah. And the next time your spouse Mm. repeats some problematic behavior, the matrix will jump in and help you make sense of what you're seeing. And you're probably going to respond in the same old way because you still have the same old interpretation. Because nothing's been resolved. Which means you really haven't moved forward at all. Oh. Nor have you actually turned over a new leaf.
2: Because you can't erase
0: all the, you the lens. You can't start your relationship from zero. Yeah. Right?
2: Huh. Okay.
0: So that's why I don't think it'll work. But if you want to try, and this is me being honest with the research,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, there's a study from 1999 that might help by a researcher called Petronium. And these are some factors that may help you turn over a new leaf and just kind of restart. One is high levels of tolerance and open-mindedness, which makes sense. Second is coping devices, finding positive things to hold on to in the marriage. Mm -hmm. Conflict avoidance should ideally be selective. Like you can't avoid all past issues. But you're going to use sort of selective conflict avoidance and and know what to deal with and not deal with. The avoidance must be freely chosen by both spouses rather than one spouse being coerced. So you both have to be ready to play this game. Yeah, And you have to use really good communication skills. So they said, and this is a quote... Unlike unhappily married conflict avoiders, the happy ones moderate their use of avoidance and supplement it with positive communication behaviors. They try to understand and accept each other's perspective. Right. So if you're going to start over, you need that perspective. Okay. And you need to be good at observing your spouse and helping them solve issues without being asked. So if you're unable to talk about certain issues, then you need to get good at the skill of taking the perspective of your spouse, of noticing when they're unhappy and resolving it without being asked. It's like... We have to kind of dance around each other a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you have an example for that? That's kind of hard to visualize.
0: Uh, it's it's kind of like, uh, oh, so if I leave the toilet seat up all the time and I just notice that every time you go in there, blah, bang, goes the toilet seat <laughs> down. Then without ever addressing the issue, I will and I will just say, okay, I need to start putting the toilet seat down.
2: Oh. This is part of how we turn over
0: the new leaf and avoid the past. Okay. Like the 30 years that you've been failing to put the seat <laughs> down. Right. So you just kind of take it off the plate by watching and dealing with it from your side. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I think it could get you a ways, but Hmm. I think you still have to learn to communicate and learn to resolve conflict.
2: Right. Well, I actually think now that you say this thing about helping solve issues without being asked, like, I think that's a good skill to have or a good thing to do.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: To a certain extent. Like, you shouldn't have to complain about something for me to change. Like for you to, for you not to address something and to walk around, you know, slamming doors or grumping, that's not good either. But like, haven't we talked in past podcasts about being curious about your spouse and what they like and what they don't like and all these different things. And you want to put that into practice?
0: Well, I like what you said, but I can just turn it around and say the same thing that you said. But from my perspective is I shouldn't have to complain about things without you being ready to change. You should just be watching.
2: That's exactly what I just said.
0: No, but there's an entitlement now that I've added to the comment. Do you see what I'm saying?
2: Oh. Like you be watching
0: for when I'm upset. Like I shouldn't have to tell you.
2: Right. Well, that's not right.
0: No. So like you say, this is where I'm saying it's all very nuanced, right? Like there's a balance here. Like it's great if we can pick up on something in our spouse that we're doing that disturbs them and we modify our behavior because we want to like make this relationship a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. So I totally agree with you. Okay. But there's such a narrow line between that and turning around and saying, like, you should be doing that for me.
2: Right. Well, when they demand it, that's totally different.
0: (laughs) Sort of, maybe? It is, but we all do that like subconsciously. Like you should be able to how many times like do we lie there, like, you know, on our side of the bed, facing the other way? not going to sleep but we're not talking about either because they should know
2: (laughs) that i'm unhappy
0: yeah and they they should be able to figure it out without me explaining it right like we all we're all in this game okay okay let's sidebar for a second on this whole fix your marriage without dredging up the past thing okay children
2: Mm. our
0: children are watching us did you know that unresolved conflict negatively impacts children So one study noted that witnessing arguments and episodes of anger that were left unresolved increased distress and sadness levels for children of all ages, 5 to 19, compared to witnessing arguments that were resolved. Interesting. Also, the sense of conflicts being left unresolved or escalating was linked to higher levels of fear in young children. So it's like they know when it's not getting solved. Young children. Not is this is not the argument, this is un, that it's not being resolved, right? Huh. And I'm not saying this to guilt anyone, but just to encourage, like, we got enough pressure on parents to, to be
2: perfect parents. Oh, yeah.
0: But just encourage the importance of learning to resolve conflict well. Huh. So, once again, we've created an added resource for our much appreciated supporters that are on our Patreon campaign. This document that we're offering with this episode is additional training on resolving these unresolved issues, it will show you how to prepare for the conversation around these issues how to start the conversation how to keep moving forward during the conversation mm-hmm. so we really want to help educate you on how to do this and you can get this by becoming a patron of the marriage podcast for smart people if you're already a patron it's available to you when you're logged into patreon.com oyf and we'll just take a quick 60 second break to tell you more about that
1: what happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support.
0: You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about starting over and saw that it's not likely to work out as well. So the question becomes, how can we move on? So how can we move on? Well, you can move to Newfoundland, (laughs) which is where we are right now. On the rock. On the rock. Or if that's not an option, or perhaps even one that you might not be interested in, there are ways to move on from past issues. Mm. So... If leaving things unresolved is generally a bad idea, then the question is, how do we move forward or where do we even start? How how does a couple know like what they should address first or what's most important to address? Because there's probably a bit of a laundry list.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because it's when you have a laundry list that you want to just toss it out the window and start yeah. fresh. Yeah. True enough. Good question.
0: Sometimes, though, it's good to know, like if you solve larger or key issues, the other ones disappear and they lose their importance. Because now the couple feels more together, more understood and so on. Like I see this all the time when I do marriage counseling, like from watching, if you were the fly on the wall of the couple's home, mm-hmm. you would see that the arguments die off during the start of counseling, even though nothing is resolved. It's what we call de-escalation.
2: Really? Why yeah. is that?
0: Um, because they begin to open and understand and show each other the parts that they weren't seeing before. The fear, the sadness, the sense of wanting to be connected. Right. Okay. And then, and then around some key issues, they start to connect and support and pull towards each other. And the dynamic is working to build each other up and to build a relationship up. And they see Mm -hmm. that positive investment. And then what happens is the couple actually starts solving problems between sessions. And then you're getting to the point where it's like, okay, you're done with me. Like you guys are on your own. So, so a marriage therapist doesn't have to sit down and go through the whole laundry list.
2: Like every single issue. No.
0: It's just right. the task of shifting the dynamic and giving some skills.
2: Ooh.
0: And so you have this positive cycle. And then because the, the bond between them is secure, they can face these issues that they didn't yeah. they couldn't solve yeah. when they weren't feeling secure.
2: And then when you have these skills in place, you don't have to keep going back. Yes, like there's no you don't de- need the counselor to
0: no dependency. Yeah. There shouldn't be. Hmm. Okay. So anyways, which is great. Now there's three questions about to kind of qualify these issues from the past. And do we need to deal with them and so on? So the first question is, is is the issue influential? If the issue has been formational with regards to the trust that's between you, how you see yourself or your spouse, like if mm-hmm. it's really defined how you see the bond or each other, mm-hmm. or if the marriage is like orientating around itself around the issue, like this is the fulcrum kind of issue. Okay. Then you need to revisit the issue.
2: Just sweeping that under the carpet's not going to work.
0: No, I don't think so. On the other hand, if it's something that happened, mm-hmm. but you don't like it, and yet your relationship hasn't ended up organizing itself around it, you may choose to let it go. Okay. The The second question is, do we just need to face it? So talking about difficult issues is hard and it often leads to the use of negative communication styles, even if couples can talk about minor issues effectively, right? Just and because
2: it's such a big, difficult issue.
0: Yeah. And so the question can be, or one thought can be, how about learning some skills first and then coming back to the issue? Like you both know it's there. Mm -hmm. You could agree to prepare for it together by both reading the same book, either Mm -hmm. about that issue or about communication skills or conflict resolution or listening to podcasts like ours on specific issues, right? Yeah. Or hiring a counselor and saying, we have this one big issue. We need your help. Uh Uh-huh. And there's just, there's a lot of resources available to you. And I hope our listeners hear that today. Because it may may be you just need to agree to address this one and you know that with a few hard conversations you can get through this. On the other hand, if you've tried to address it in the past and that approach has never worked or it feels like it's tied into deeper overwhelming issues, then that's a signal to get some outside help. Mm -hmm. Have a counselor lead you through this to contain the emotions, to kind of keep it stable as you guys are talking. So first was is it influential? Second is do we just need to face it? The third is what do you want? So if you're the spouse looking for resolution, it will help greatly if you start by defining what resolution looks like. And that's often like folks don't think about that. Like what do you actually want out of this? So
2: what what's an example of what it might look
0: like or like often like um, a couple will say, you know, or a spouse will say, you know what, I don't even need you to agree with me. I just want to feel understood and acknowledged just say that you could see how I could see it this way. Genuinely. Okay. Right. Okay.
2: Not a patronizing.
0: Right. On the thing. other hand, you know, they may want like the person to really understand and then offer an apology or make amends or to change something. Like this is why I need you to change how you are always dealing with your mother or bringing her into the marriage. Like I am not resolution looks like you changing the structure of your relationship with your mom.
2: Okay. Maybe So that's, it might be difficult.
0: Maybe that's what you want too, right? Mm -hmm. It may be very difficult. It may be a change of career. I don't know. Like it could be a thousand things. Okay. But 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 you
2: actually have to think that through. Yeah.
0: The past is fixed.
2: This is like, you know, being in a business meeting where people just fly complaints out, but no one actually has a solution. Mm -hmm. So this is the solution part.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can, you can honor your own distress by giving your spouse a clear target. Yeah. Even if they don't like the target initially, at least we all know what we're aiming for.
2: Right. Exactly.
0: So, but often we don't know ourselves what we want. Yeah. So the question is, what are you seeking? Do you just want to be heard and acknowledged? Do you want something to change now? And for the future, do you want amends to be made? Like, what is it that you want?
2: Okay. Hmm.
0: Most of the time I just want brownies. (laughs) Okay.
2: That's easy for me. No wonder we have such a happy marriage.
0: (laughs) But sometimes when we stop and really work and getting clarity on our own on what an ideal outcome would look like, then disclosing that to your spouse as you start the conversation can be really helpful. You know what I mean? Like if if you think about talking about something really difficult and I tell you from the beginning what I'm looking for from it, mm-hmm. then at least we know where we're going. Like right? and you're not overwhelmed by the can I ever solve this? Can I ever meet this person's need? Can I like ever you So know?
2: do you actually think that's easier than like I just think like if you came into a conversation and says, I need X, Y, Z from you.
0: Well you're saying that with clenched teeth, right? So- <laughs> already I'm like oh yeah
2: (laughs) then I would just be like take a hike buddy
0: yeah but uh, I mean not that I'd actually say that maybe (laughs) try it without clenched teeth but if you're like you know what I just really need you to hear me then I'm like okay note to self I need to just shut up and listen right now
2: right okay okay I don't know I maybe it would depend what you need
0: it may yes yeah yeah that's fair
2: So I get, I can completely understand the part of like, at least we know what the target is now. Right. But I think just because you state what you want doesn't mean it's all going to be easy peasy.
0: Fair enough. But I think if you, if you both know what you're moving towards.
2: Right. I agree on that part. Okay. Then
0: you can kind of grab each other every once in a while and say, hey, we're getting off track here. Remember, like, we're moving towards this. Like, let's not divert into other issues, other topics. I'll come back okay. to that later if okay. you want me to. But we're we're okay. trying to just focus on this here. Do you think? You're still not sold.
2: I'm not 100% sold, no. Because well, I think when I hear this, I need X, Y, Z from you, it makes me feel right off the bat, like it's my fault.
0: I see. I think it may prompt a natural defensiveness. <laughs>
2: Okay, you weren't supposed to bring that part up. But don't you think so?
0: Yeah, so, well, I think you're raising a valid point. So let me, just keep pushing me on this because it's not fair to predicate your happiness on your spouse doing something. Right. Because then you've actually disempowered yourself.
2: Okay, yeah.
0: So maybe I would like to feel heard, understood, acknowledged is right. better than I need to.
2: Right. Like, can or you imagine I would, if I came to you and an said, An apology Caleb, would be helpful. Right, hmm
0: Okay, go ahead. I want to try imagining something.
2: Okay. For us to, I can't even remember the words now, Caleb. Like for this to be resolved, right? you need to change your career. I see. Like, wouldn't you be going like, uh, excuse me, what about you? I see. So I think once you're, if you can both be really open, like, okay, this is the issue. Uh huh. What would resolution look like to you? And what would resolution look like to you? And like okay. like you both would have to do this, I think. Okay. Rather than one person coming in and stating, I need X, Y, Z.
0: Right. Right, 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 right. No, that's fair.
2: Because it needs to be a discussion, not a
0: Yeah, Yeah, there needs to be give and take and not an ultimatum. No, yeah. Yeah. I think okay. you're balancing it out nicely. Yeah. I mean, you might say something like, I don't see how this can change as long as you keep your career, but I'm open to trying to figure this out with you.
2: Right. That sounds completely different. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: So all you people out there do it the way I just said.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's acknowledging that, like, in my mind, this is what I think will resolve it. But I'm not like 100% sold on it. Like, I'm willing to yeah, suggestions. So I'm willing to be I'm open. to work with and you. And work with you. Exactly. Right. To hear you out.
0: So we're going to do this as a we instead of a I need mm-hmm. this. Very good. That's good. Okay. All right.
2: I'm willing to move on So
0: it's a nuance. Well, this is the thing, right? These are hard issues from the past that are unresolved. And I don't think that we can solve them without going back to the past, at least somewhat. Yeah. But what I think frustrates spouses the most is keeping on going back to the same issue, to the same point in the past and never getting resolution. That's why they're so frustrated. It's Mm -hmm. like, we always go back to the same thing. Like we can never solve it. Yeah. But if you think the alternative is just forgetting about it, moving on, that's probably just a pipe dream because there's something back there that hasn't been healed or resolved or closured,
2: mm-hmm.
0: closed, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. Leaving
0: the marriage is not a good outcome either. No, don't recommend it. And so what I hope, though, is that you have seen that there are options. Reach out for help. Yeah. You don't have to do this alone. Like at le- even a book if counseling's not affordable to you, find a book on the topic that you'll mm-hmm. both read. Mm-hmm. Like find a starting point. Do something, uh, but there's always a way to address it. That's good. So we'd like to thank those of you who've become patrons between this recording and our previous one, Heather, and also Stacy. We really appreciate you joining our group of faithful supporters. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, Kayla, we have a review. All right. on iTunes by Lindoni from New Zealand. Where are we at in our New Zealand to Australia count, honey? I
0: I haven't counted.
2: Oh. Hi there, Caleb and Verlinda. Thank you for an awesome podcast series. My wife and I listen to you guys daily and love the down-to-earth approach to common challenges facing modern-day couples. You have helped us grow our marriage and helped open the lines of communication between us. God bless and warmest regards from Lyndon and Chantel of New Zealand.
0: That is awesome.
2: Yeah. They're growing and...
0: Good for you guys for working on it. Well done. So next week, for Linda, we're talking about cross-cultural marriages. Okay. The essentials of what you need to help with the complexities that may arise when you're from different cultural backgrounds.
2: Oh, that'd be interesting.
0: Now, if you're listening today and you're not cross-cultural, you might want to just listen anyways, because there are some universal principles that are in there. That and I this might
2: not helpful. be cross-race or different races. Like, I think we can be the same.
0: You can be cross-cultural in terms of your church background and that can impact
2: things. Yeah. There's all sorts yeah. of
0: ways you can be cross-cultural. But we are going to be mostly talking about interracial.
2: Okay. Well, that is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at OYF.link 138. Find out how you can help. Go to OYF.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.
1: The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to OYF.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.